It is 11.07. Uh, the Space Force will kick that around in a few minutes, but right now, uh, this is... Uh, I want you to listen to the answers from Christopher Ray. I want you to listen to what the, uh, the FBI uh, responses were to these simple interrogatories. And tell me what you take away from this. Tell me what... Instantly, when you hear his answers... Something pops into your brain. What is it? What are you thinking? I'm just curious. And, I, and I'll start this with, with Brian, but first let me play this for you. Does, it, does the FBI have confidential human sources? Uh, did the FBI have confidential human sources embedded within the January 6th protesters and on January 6th of 2021? Well, Congressman, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I have to be very careful about what I can say about when. Even our, now, because that's what you I, told us two years finish? ago. May I finish? Uh, about when we do and do not, and where we have and have not used confidential human sources. Uh, but to the extent that there's a suggestion, for example, that the FBI's confidential human sources or FBI employees in some way instigated or orchestrated January 6th, that's categorically false. Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being opened? Again, I had to be very careful. It should be a no. Can you not tell the American people no? We did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol. Gentlemen's time has expired. You should not read anything into my decision uh, not to share information. Director Ray, gentlemen's time has expired. So, Brian, listening <laughs> to that, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? Why what? wouldn't he say categorically no? Why would we dress up as Trump supporters for, you know, for this so-called insurrection. So right away, you think, yes. Yeah, I, I don't understand why the hesitation. Don't read anything into this, but I'm not answering. Well, oh, you can't my. help but read something into it. Uh, am I wrong? Did anybody get a different, you know, feeling from that series of questions and answers? Anybody go, come away thinking, well, they probably didn't? All he had to do was say, no, we didn't put people in the Capitol dressed as Trump supporters. But he, he couldn't say it. If he followed up and said, so you're saying that it's a possibility that, you know, that is a possibility that you, you guys may have done that? Yeah, they cut off his time. Uh, but it would have been nice if they had asked that question. And I keep hearing... Uh, you know, uh, different people saying, uh, you know, we've got this video of uh, Antifa uh, putting on Trump hats. I think I saw one where uh, so a couple of Antifa people were doing a, a video where they were dressing up as Trump supporters to go mix and mingle. Um, I don't know how real all of those videos are. But I think that the Federal Bureau of Investigation should not have added any bodies to that throng in the Capitol. And then you have to wonder if they did why. And, and it's not like I'm, you know, uh, it, it, trying to find any excuse but to blame uh, overactive Trump supporters. Because I'm not. I, I think this that was the, you know, the main thrust of this. 
But I think after listening to that, that the FBI did have people there mixing and mingling. And now the next question is, who were they? Where were they? What did they say? What did they do? That's the problem with all this, is you can't separate one from the other. You don't know the good guys from the bad guys. And I think that's problematic. I think he should have answered yes or no, and if so, should have given out some more details. Because I want to know. I want to know if there was an FBI agent in there, you know, a, a group of uh, active anti-Trump people who might have said, boy, if we could get them to get in uh, to riot and, and break into the Capitol, that would hurt Trump. Am I, should I be wearing a tinfoil hat? I don't know. You tell me. 874-9390-800-529-5572. If I hated Donald Trump and I were, and, I'm, and I find myself in a position of power like the FBI, might I, if I were unscrupulous, do just that? This would destroy Donald Trump. So, yeah, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to encourage this. Maybe I should be wearing a tinfoil hat. I don't know. But it's, it, it, it could have been answered crisply and cleanly, and they didn't. And it raises more questions. David, welcome. How are you? Good. I heard this last night on Levin, and what struck me is the second time he asks him the question, he gets more detail and says, did you have people dressed as Trump supporters? Yeah. And did you have them in the building before the doors were opened? And he still won't answer. Yeah. So that they're hiding something. It, that's what it feels like. It, it, and, that, and that's worse. That ambiguity is worse. If he yep. just come I, out and said, yes, you would ask for some more details, of, of course, but you would, uh, you would get to the bottom of it. But when he says, I can't answer that, you think, well, then something nefarious happened. And why would they be in the building before the doors were even open? Yeah, how would they know that, that anybody was even coming in? Right. Thanks, Gary. Thank you, David. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I don't know. Maybe it's tinfoil hat time. Maybe I should. Seems like the FBI was also under questioning uh, several months ago about the same subject material. And they asked about Ray Epps. Yes. And they hemi hawed around again, and they just weren't answering questions. So, I mean, what do they think people are going to think if you can't answer simple questions? Uh, I don't know. I, it, it's frustrating. We already know there are whistleblowers in the FBI who are coming forward saying that there was a, you know, a large anti-Republican, anti-Trump movement uh, in management at the FBI. Why would I not put this all together? Maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist at heart, and I, don't even, I didn't even realize it until I watched this video. But it certainly does raise questions for me about what, what happened. The government has turned into such a quagmire of crap and lies that you don't, you don't trust them. Uh, I used to say, and I believe this, if, if somebody from the government said, Gary, I'm lying to you, I would... I would wonder if they were telling me the truth because they lie so much. All right. Um, 874-9390, the toll-free number is 
529-5572. Uh, let's see here. I got this this uh, Muslim in, in Michigan. Detroit has a large Middle East uh, contingent. Uh, I, I don't know if this is known nationwide. I knew it because uh, Detroit and Cleveland are, you know, pretty close. And being a part of the Middle East community, I was well aware uh, of just how large it is. And apparently there are Muslims as well as Christians there. And uh, there was, I guess, a book that was so ugly that they were giving to the students that uh, a, a group of parents uh, who didn't speak English but were Muslim went to the school board meeting and they complained and apparently they were laughed at. So they got a, a bilingual Muslim to come in and address the school board and wow, did he let loose. That's next on The Gary Nolan Show. On the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 20 minutes after 10. And I got to ask you, Brian, I mean, I spend hours uh, going through the news and, and I... As do I. I <laughs> yeah, but clearly we're looking at, at different, different sources. At yeah. different sources. <laughs> well, you missed one. Clearly I missed this one. Yeah. Uh, and this it's is, very important, too, you know. Uh, I think oh, we yeah. owe it to our listeners to let them know all the news that we know. You never so they're can, better informed. You never can trust the, the, some of these guys. Right. A woman who is married, uh, she literally married a rag doll, claims their relationship is, quote, hanging on a thread (laughs) (laughs) after he cheated. No, this is not Babylon B. This is an actual news story. Yeah, uh, at the Daily Mail. A woman who married a rag doll reveals he has cheated just as the pair is set to celebrate their first wedding anniversary. Uh, Miravon Roca Moreas, 37, hit headlines earlier this year after revealing she had met the love of her life, a rag doll named Marcelo. I wonder, did she take his last name? I'm not sure. Uh, she has since admitted their relationship is hanging by a thread after claiming he cheated on her. In the latest twist in the very bizarre tales, she claimed he went to a motel with another woman. Even says she found texts on his phone. (laughs) After a whirlwind romance, she claimed to have fallen pregnant. Um, And uh, as uh, she didn't want to have the baby out of wedlock, the duo decided to get hitched in a ceremony attended by 250 uh, fellow morons. Soon she gave birth. In only 35 minutes while at home, with a doctor and a nurse on site, and live-streamed the ordeal to an audience of 200 people. (laughs) If I had known, I would have watched that. Uh, Now the mother of three and her ragdoll lover are sleeping in separate beds after she caught him cheating with another woman. (laughs) Um, There are pictures and everything, uh, including uh, some moron... uh, uh, Dressed uh, as, uh, well, uh, holding a baby that's still being swaddled or something. In a bid to share their stringy romance, she exposed the betrayal on TikTok, racking up 1.6 million views and over 120,000 likes. 
She said, I was very sad and I could barely sleep because I love my husband so much, but he denied the betrayal. Let me ask you something. If you get a lot of viewers on TikTok, do you make money? Can they monetize that? I think so. I'm not sure, though, because I'd never been on there. You're not on TikTok. Uh-uh. Huh. Well, this gives me an idea, Brian. Okay. The next time you want, say, uh, new windows for your house or uh, maybe a solar panels for your roof, uh-huh. instead of going to me, the taxpayer... Ah, that's not a bad idea. I see where you're going. Maybe we should come up with something along these lines to get you a bunch of followers. Yeah. We'll put you on TikTok... But we need we need something unique like uh, this. Uh, this woman marries a rag doll and has uh, a rag doll a baby. Uh, yeah, and has a rag doll baby. I mean that. Uh, I, I bet the delivery was something to watch. Oh man, I'm telling you. Yeah, did it come out of a Singer sewing machine or what? Oh, there's a thread. Pull on that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I found out through a friend who told me she saw Marcelo entering a Tell with another woman while I was hospitalized, hospitalized for three nights and three days with Marcella, uh, with uh, my husband, uh, uh, our son, uh, who had a virus. <laughs> uh, at first, I thought she was lying, but then I started looking through his phone and I saw the conversation, which made me sure he was cheating. He kept denying everything and said he loves me very much as well as asking for forgiveness and crying a lot. The argument was ugly and scary. Our son, who was crying, uh, our, our son was crying, so I shouted at him, do, do you see what you've done? I asked him who the woman was, and he didn't respond. Well, we need something really bizarre to make Brian a few extra bucks. And marrying a rag doll is already out. So what? Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a way to make money, Brian. People are making, true, they're yeah. monetizing this stuff. They get followers, and and they they keep up with what you know all your posts. I mean, she's literally got photographs uh, of the two of them on a bed, and uh, she's kissing the, the uh, rag doll. <laughs> Yeah, we got to come up with something. What can we do? Something bizarre. It has to be really bizarre. Can't it just be you? Because I don't really want the attention, you know. I mean, you're the star of the show. You, you want the money, like, though, don't you? I would like some of the money. Well, I mean, then if I did you, some of the work, of course. But Well, then, then you're going to have to pose for the photographs or whatever <laughs> we come up with. Mark is on in Boonville. Mark, welcome. How are you? Hi, Gary. Hi, Brian. How are you guys? You're doing well. Doing all right. Good, good. Hey, I, I do want to kind of impose on this. Uh, this can be easily monetized. I've already got the premise for the Netflix series right now. Uh, we can get us in there, a couple of other good, you know, A-B-list actors. Uh, my, my, my name for this show would be called The Handmaid's Towel, and I think <laughs> it would be absolutely five stars. But you know, that's just a thought. It's a sh- it's a hit. It's a hit. Thanks, Sounds Mark. Good? Yeah, right. yeah. If we steal the idea. We're not giving you any credit. Uh, Chris says, uh, "I'm guessing her husband was cheating with Raggedy Ann. Everyone knows what a slut she is." Oh Lord. Well, Brian, thank you for finding that story. No problem. Uh, the I'm listeners, here to help. Listeners uh, had to know. We, we yeah, couldn't. we can't ignore stuff like that. No, no, absolutely not. 
Uh, I got just a, a couple of seconds here. Let me do this. This is the uh, Muslim father, and I mean, he really lets these uh, these school board people have it. Isn't it interesting how all of these winners of school boards uh, seem to be progressive leftists in Columbia, uh, Loudoun County, Virginia, in Michigan, and they're not alone. Everywhere, they're always leftists. Why aren't we in charge of the schools? Yes, before you guys start the time, I got something for you. Mr. Supervisor here. This is your book. Why don't you read it? For my three minutes. No, these are papers. I want to read it. Read all right, so your three minutes has started. Okay, I didn't sit down. Relax. But you got up and you... Oh, what, what, I get up? Okay. All right, go ahead. You know about the books, didn't you? The su you're the superintendent. You know about the books. There was an email sent to you. Look at it real good. You know about the books. Don't sit here and laugh about these people because they don't know how to speak English. These people called me all the way from Dearborn because I'm the activist here. You're not going to sit here and lie to these people. You're not going to humiliate them. You're not going to tell them that you didn't know about the books. Look at me in the eye. Tell me you didn't know about the books. You know about them. Now what you got to say about it? Nothing. Nothing? Because you know about it. There's an email that was sent. You said that you didn't even know about the email. There was an agenda you signed. You didn't know you signed it. So don't sit there and look at these people and pretend you didn't know about it. I mean, this guy is hot under the collar, and understandably. They are putting books in these schools that they won't even allow them to read them on TV or at the school board meetings. I've seen uh, video after video of parents trying to read excerpts from the books that they're giving, that, uh, that they're giving to these children in school and being told you can't read that. You can't even read it on the air if it's if they're televising the school board meeting. But it's fine for the kids. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they need to learn these things. Yeah, and I mean, they're they're without conscience. They're without conscience. Where do these people come from? Where on earth do they come from? And how do they manage to get, uh, you know, to the position of school board president? How do they end up in charge of the curriculum? It, 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 they're, it, it, it's, it's beyond me. I mean, this guy was, he was hot under the collar. And they don't care. They don't care. You, you got a kid in government school, get him the hell out, I'm telling you. These people will destroy your kids. They will destroy them. And, and we're already seeing signs of this. All these kids who believe that Thomas Jefferson statue should come down and Abraham Lincoln was a bad guy and the country is built on racism. It's, it's insanity at any level. 874-9390-800-529-5572. Why does the Space Force need horses? They don't fly. That's next. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.
It is uh, 1035, and uh, we're going to carry this theme uh, just a little bit further uh, because we're going to play some audio for you that is really, really bizarre. Uh, this is a, a former sex ed teacher. I guess we could be glad that it's former. Uh, and she's talking about uh, holding, I guess, classes on porn literacy, literacy for kids. Where do you hear this? I believe my co-panelists will agree with me based on what we do and how we do it around porn literacy, um, that porn can be good if sex ed is good. Correct me if I'm wrong when it's your turn, co-panelists, but I'm seeing stuff in the chat that is suggesting porn is bad. We need to get rid of it. We need to ban it. It's not healthy. There are a lot of things that make that statement true, but that would mean completely eliminating everyone's router. You're not going to be able to just get rid and censor all of these things. We're not going to be able to get rid of every R-rated film, right? But there's also artistic liberties that we want people in the creative world and specifically in the entertainment industry that is pornography to have the ability to exercise but it's on us to create commentary and discourse around it and if we're in a sex negative world yeah porn's gonna be bad because kids are defaulting to that to learn about their bodies and how to take care of it by not taking care of it or others but that doesn't mean it's the porn industry's fault it is an entertainment industry, and we need to remind young people it's not an education industry. There is a difference between media and sex ed. Porn is not sex ed. Sex ed can include topics around a variety of things like music and around film and around commercials and how gender stereotypes are perpetuated. But these two things are not synonymous. And when you know people are just saying we need to just ban porn and it's always bad and it leads to addiction these are very big generalized statements that people are making it's about managing it's about understanding and being literate it's about being more aware of the beautiful ways that porn was invented to be this fantastical wildly unrealistic tool we can use to explore our emotions and our bodies in ways that aren't represented in mainstream media. And now mainstream porn is taking you know off on its own. But just like any other film that we're looking at, there are many genres and there are some really good movies out there. And we know there's some really bad movies out there. It's just that the really bad movies are having a higher platform because of access. And so our young people are watching the really bad movies and nobody's telling them why it's bad and how there are ways to understand your body in a lot more holistic, comprehensive, intersectional, safe ways. So I don't want this to be a discussion on anti-porn because frankly, that's not my stance. And I know that's a hot take for some people who may be expecting to learn how do we tell kids to stop watching porn? How do we tell our partners to stop watching porn? It's about being consumers who are literate about something that's inevitably going to be exposed to us. Wow. That's, that's the attitude? How did they come to the conclusion that this was something that they should be teaching? 
How did they figure that this was their job? This is incredible. This is insanity. <laughs> I mean, you can't make it up, can you? Yeah. It's your daily report of the Pedophiles Groomers Teachers Union. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I cannot believe that we have arrived here. Every day we see stuff, and it's like, you've got to be kidding me. That's uh, That's got to be Babylon B. No, this is a new story. This you is know, incredible. I, I don't... I don't care if you watch, as an adult, whatever you want to watch. I'm not Mr. Sanctimonious, you know, stand in judgment. Do what you want. You're an adult. You, you get to do those things. But it's not something they should be teaching in school. It's not their job to, to tell kids this is what it's like or that's not what it's like. or that, and, it, and, and then to suggest that it's, you know artistic uh, something or I don't know what the hell she's I mean it's just it's absolutely insane government schools have come off the rails there, there's not a day that goes by that we don't see something so incredibly outrageous coming out of school employees or school boards that you know that it doesn't just make your head spin uh, and, and you don't want to, I almost don't want to say anything. But people are going to say, well, you're just old, Gary. You know, back in well, your day. right about that. Yeah, thank you, Brian. I appreciate that <laughs> uh, vote of confidence. But even even in your day, uh, you know. <laughs> Touche. Would they have, you know, would, would you ha have had uh, teachers talking about the beauty of porn or the good and the bad of porn? Would, they, would there be a porn class in your uh, I can't even imagine. I mean, the kids would have enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I used to love it when they showed movies in class, and I would have probably tried to fail the class and repeat it if, if they were playing these. <laughs> I, they, I would be the kid with my hand up, say, hey, can you replay that last part? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that part. Unbelievable. Um, I, I don't know how schools got there. I don't know how we let them get so far out of control. Because we let them? Well, if there is a silver lining to this whole China flu thing, it's that parents got to see what their kids were exposed to. And it started this awakening. And, and, and believe it or not, we're seeing, uh, you know, Loudoun County uh, just ousted their school board president put a conservative in there. That's a good thing. It's just insane. It's just insane. Get your kids out. Teach them yourself. The government has no business teaching your kids. Your job. You had them. Um, while we're at uh, the world of stupid here and talking about sex... After suspending consideration of a bill that would legally enshrine federal recognition of same-sex marriage in September, Senate supporters yesterday announced that they're moving forward again. Uh, Chuck, Leader, uh, Chuck, Leader, Chuck Schumer officially filed the Respect for Marriage Act on Monday to start the process of trying to get it passed. Same-sex marriage recognition is legal across the United States, but it's the result of two Supreme Court decisions. 
uh, United States v. Windsor from 2013, and Oberfell uh, versus Hodges at 2015. The Defense of Marriage Act, passed by Congress in 96 and signed by then-President Clinton, prohibits federal recognition of same-sex marriages performed by states, even though it's unenforceable and it is still currently on the books. Democrats and Republicans are going to fight over this like cats and dogs. Um, the, the, the Democrats will probably win on this one. But here's what people don't think about. The government has absolutely no say-so in who you marry. There is no, no level of government that should have any say-so over who you marry. I don't care if it's the city, the county, the state, the feds, no one. If you're an adult and you want to marry Raggedy Ann like this idiot story that we started with this half hour, then you, you go ahead and do it. Uh, if you want a same-sex marriage, I don't care who you want to marry. As long as they're adults, the government has no right to get involved. And, there, and this whole idea of a marriage license, that's, that's insanity. And it started out, the, the whole idea of a marriage license was to prohibit interracial marriages. The government doesn't have a say-so in that. Look, if you want to live with somebody and, uh, and spend your life with them, whether you go to the court or the, the synagogue or the church or whatever... Or you just cohabitate. It's your business. It's not... Actually, marriage itself, the official marriage, uh, is, it's really a religious institution. Your church or your synagogue would recognize your union. That's a marriage. Why would I want a government license for that? One of the things that I truly regret... And it's probably the only thing I regret, except for the cat, about marrying my wife. Is that I got a license to do it. Shouldn't have happened. I knew better, and I did it anyway. All right, up against the clock. Quick break. We'll be back. Gary Nolan Zimmer, Radio Network. It is uh, 10.51. Hey, uh, you uh, anti-global warming people out there who don't want us digging, drilling for oil or gas, the Biden administration writes... Uh, the Daily Caller is jeopardizing funding for national parks by restricting federal oil and gas leasing as leasing royalties provide significant sums of money to fund conservation efforts, according to the Western Energy Alliance. The Great American Outdoor Act, which was signed into law in 2020, funds national park infrastructure and maintenance projects by taxing oil and natural gas developments on federal lands and waters, according to the Interior Department. Although 94% of the total $2.8 billion annual, uh, in annual conservation funding uh, under this uh, program is provided by oil and gas royalties, the Biden administration has continued, continued to limit oil and gas leasing. So they're actually going to reduce the amount of money they get for national parks. What would happen, uh, do you suppose, if the federal government just owned the land but left it alone? 
What, what would ha Brian, any idea what would happen? I mean, they, suppose they had uh, a, a couple thousand acres or a million acres of wild land in the middle of whoever knows where, and uh, they said it's a national park and just left it alone. What would happen? Well, I Wouldn't mean, somebody would have to maintain it. Why? It doesn't. It didn't need maintained before the federal government took it over. It just existed. I understand, but I mean, if you don't maintain the, uh, <coughs> like the park system itself, like the, you know, at least cutting down the, the stuff, I mean, a private person could come in and do that. But if the government had absolutely nothing to do with it and they continue to own the land, you wouldn't have a right to go on there and... Well, know, they sure you could. The they, they could open it up. They could say, look, uh, here's a million acres of Yellowstone. Well, there's uh, a certain liability there, too, that, you know, if you own it, land, it, you're not going to allow private individuals to come on your land and get hurt, and then you get sued. And Five words. Enter at your own risk. Yeah, I get that. Or in, in, in uh, Biden speak, seven words. Enter at your own <laughs> risk. Just leave it alone. It doesn't need watched. It doesn't need babysat. You want to go there, prepare for your, for your trip there. Uh, if you need, uh, you know, to go hiking and camping and, and all that stuff, then uh, bring your tent and your bear repellent and uh, whatever else you need and, and go. I, I don't see where we need to underwrite anything. And it was a natural wild land, uh, you know, before the federal government took it over it. In fact, all the government's done is go in there and pave roads and things like that that are unnatural. Leave it alone. On oil, Steve, welcome. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, you know, Biden wants to see the world without oil. What needs to happen? The oil companies need to all get together and say, we're shutting the refineries down for at least a month, and we're not shipping any product, and now you're going to see what it's like to live without oil. And, and see how that goes over. Yeah, that would be interesting. A lot of tumult yeah. would come out of that, wouldn't it? Yeah, they, they, they want to do without oil. Okay, here's here's what's going to happen. Yeah. We're not going to have oil, and you're not going to have your products. You're not going to have way to get to work. This is what Biden wants. This is what Biden is going to get. Yeah, this is a picture of what the world looks like without us. Yeah. All right. That's Steve. what they need to do, seriously. And seriously need to do it. All right, Steve, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolich Show. That is an interesting idea, isn't it, Brian? Just stop pumping gas, stop drilling and pumping oil. Say, this is the world you want? Okay, mm -hmm. here's what it's going to look like. Oh, that would be, uh, that would be impressive. What do you think they'd do? Oh, I think they're, you know, I, I'm... This, this particular administration, I don't know what they do because they're so adamant about their green energy push that they would probably just accept what happened. Well, like, it well would be it's, it's these people over here. They're refusing to drill for oil, and they're causing this problem. Well, those morons that are, like, gluing their hands to the street and all that right. stuff, uh, they would get to see what their life will be like without it. Mm -hmm. Hey, listen, this is what you want. Here you go. How's that, how's that working for you? I, I kind of like the idea. Um, I mean, can you imagine what wouldn't get done? 
And I'm not just talking about transportation. I mean, any product that uses, you know, uh, some byproduct of oil, all the plastics, all of that stuff, that would all stop. Uh, even the glue that they were using to stick their hands to the ground with, would, <laughs> would they'd run out. Uh, it, there would be nothing left, and it would be, I like the idea. I think he came up with a great idea. Just a month or two. Here you go. This is your world. This is what you want. Bon appetit. Imagine when they can't make toilet paper and deliver it to the store. I don't think they'd get the message. They'd be so blinded by their own reality that they'd blame something else. They'd blame climate change. Well, no, it's there's, yeah, you know, you asked for it. Here it is. You got it. I like this guy's idea. Ah, I can imagine nothing. The whole world rotates around the availability of petroleum products. Gas stoves, tires, plastics of all kinds, clothing, food, everything hinges on carbon fuels. And a month without them? It, I guarantee you, in the first week, there would be people screaming to turn on the drilling. You know, you got this cold weather coming. They'd be burning furniture to stay warm. Yeah. And and uh, and it, the beauty of all this is all those solar panels and windmills. We'll see how well people live off of those. I don't know. Every once in a while you hear a great idea, and uh, that was it. That was, I would argue, a really good idea. But, uh, like we said, uh, apparently uh, it, it would undercut the funding for parks. Not that I think the government needs to be funding them to begin with, but there you go. Uh, 874-9390-800-529-5572. We never did get to the uh, the Space Force uh, and uh, the farce. Top defense officials opposed the new service, which they viewed as too expensive to be practical. At a time when we're trying to integrate the Defense Department joint war fighting functions, then Defense Secretary Mathis wrote in 2017, I do not wish to add a separate service that would likely present narrower or even parochial approach to space operations. Do we really need a space force? Next hour on The Gary Nolan Show. Zimmer Radio Network. This is The Gary Nolan Show 